Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Royals Rundown podcast presented by Royals Review. If you want to keep updated on all things Kansas City Royals, which if you do, it might be a little crazy, please go visit RoyalsReview.com. You can also find Royals Review on Twitter and on Facebook. Plus, you can find us on Twitter and TikTok and all the places. Jeremy put together a very nice, lovely link tree where you just kind of click it once and you are right there. But the best way to keep the conversation going with us is on Spotify. You can respond to our polls and questions and answers. And guys, I said last week that if we got five respondents to the Q&A, I would do a TikTok dance. You know, we just got a just got the new TikTok. And unfortunately, we only got three respondents. But hey, that's that is just that can is you, just fine. Can we do? Uh, I'm not gonna say that. That's gonna get me canceled so hard. Never mind. Go on. Let's continue going, Jeremy. Please, no cancellations. Ginger said, "I so on the last episode we asked, would you watch the podcast if we recorded video?" And um, thankfully, folks said no for the most part. <laughs> Ginger said, "I'm mostly a listener rather than a watcher, so I probably wouldn't go out of my way to watch a video format. I don't think it's a bad idea, though." Thank you, Ginger. Appreciate that. Jack said, "No, I mostly listen to you guys on the way to work. I can I can feel you there. I listen to most of my podcasts anyways. I rarely watch them." And then finally, Luke said, was trying to be nice by not responding. I don't watch (laughs) podcasts. Nothing against you guys. I always listen at work. Hey, thanks, Luke. We uh, we appreciate it. But truth be told, we are we're Royals fans. We're kind of uh, we're kind of thick, thick skinned at this point. And there's nobody with thicker skin that I know of than my co-host, Jeremy Greco. Jeremy, how are we doing tonight? I'm I'm just thinking that if we were going to do full time video podcasting about the Royals. We would have to wear bags on our heads. Oh, right? yes. Yes. I, I definitely and, think so. And that ruins the audio quality. So it, it's probably for the best. That's true. That's true. But I think our I think our guest tonight, Mr. Greg Walker, I think he's got the look down for a, for a full-time video. How, how are you doing, Greg? <laughs> I'm great. Yeah, I saw, I saw a video clip at one point on social media and saw it's like, oh, man, okay, if I get back on the show anytime soon, I better be ready for it. So <laughs> I, got, I, got a, I got it going now. I got my most tattered cutoff shirt on. You might notice the plethora nice. of holes around the shoulders and neck because I've had this shirt for, I think, nine years now. So it's definitely seen better days. Oh, so, so you bought it the last time the Royals won the World Series. Yeah, I bought it from a thrift shop in 2014, so I'm impressed it's even held up this well. I've, I've worn it to many a game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's holding up better than this franchise's fan base is. I'll, I'll tell you that <laughs> Shots fired. And landed. And landed. All right, guys, listen. We are – I will I will tell you this much. I'm in a pessimistic mood, but we're not going to be all, all – uh, Vim and the Royals won their last game, Jacob. What's Don't there to be pessimistic about? Did you mention on the last episode of the Royals had overtaken the A's for the worst record in baseball? Have they undertaken the A's again? As of right now, as we record this, they are a half game uh, behind the A's in the standings. Oh, yeah! Which, thank God there's a draft lottery now, so we don't even get a guarantee of the number one pick if we finish with the worst record. It's great. No, but I see, the thing is that the Royals... They do this. I'll never forget winning the last three games of, well, I don't remember. I guess I'll forget some of it because I don't remember what season it was, but they ended up drafting Mike Moustakis instead of David Price because they picked second instead of first. And 
I love Moose. I'm glad we had him. Price probably would have been better for the organization if everything else was equal, which it wouldn't have been, but that's beside the point. And and so now, like, if we if we're second worst, we have the be- the same odds at the number one pick. So you know that's fine. I mean, let's be honest. We're talking about the like the late two thousands, early twenty tens roles in that sense. So if they had gotten David Price, he would have flamed out in Double A, while Mike Mustakas would have gone to Tampa, been blocked by Evan Longoria, gotten traded to like San Francisco, and been a superstar there probably. probably what a what so. a wonderful team! What a I mean, he could have caught the last out. Of the 2014 World Series. I'm flying at the Royals would have been there at that time, Lud. What in the multiverse is going on? I guess Mustakas wasn't even that good in 2014. He was in the postseason. He got, I mean, he was so bad he got sent down to Triple A in the regular season and then got called back up because Danny Valencia hurt himself. Hell yeah, Danny Valencia. I love that guy because he got in a fight with Billy Butler once. So that was just a really funny story. I don't actually like him. I never heard anything good about him in Clubhouse. Just right. to peel back the curtain a little bit for everybody, Jacob told us before this started that he wanted <laughs> us to drift slowly off the rails, and I told him that was not going to happen, and I'm glad to say that my prediction has once again come true. Yes. We can talk about baseball from roughly a decade ago rather than actually what's going on. I mean, that at least I wouldn't say it's that much more optimistic. Like we could talk about the 2012 roles. You know, Mike Mustak has had a 3.2 F4 season that year. He did. And then he, he because of his like defensive metrics predecessor for a while. <laughs> well, the 2012 season was because of his defensive metrics. Like he was a below average hitter that year, but apparently his defense was amazing. Are, are we talking about the same Mike Moustakis? Yeah. And we're yeah, talking about 23-year-old Mike Moustakis. And then, and then his, he started hitting, and then who knows with that guy? I, you never know what Mike Moustakis is going to do next, really. He is a prime example of, like, don't worry about the position of a position player when you draft them because he was drafted as a shortstop. It was obvious he was never actually going to be a shortstop. I see, I feel like 90% of position players are drafted as center fielders or shortstops. Yeah, or and catchers. Then, and then 8% is like catchers, and then 2% is first baseman. Well, especially especially out of high school, right? Because in a, yeah. in a prep team, like your best, most athletic player always plays shortstop, center field, or catcher. Right. Exactly. And then you get, then you get Nick Prado, who was a first baseman in high school. Now, here he is, still a first baseman that strikes out a lot. And Eric Hosmer. <laughs> Eric Hosmer, the king of launch angle, Eric Hosmer. Are, are, we, are we not going to talk about the fact that Mike Moustakas is, outside of Salvi, the last remaining player from the 2015 core? Do we want to do we want to think about that right now? Yeah, do we want to think about how, I, I how, think how so. the like everyone's like flags fly forever? Yeah, but none of those guys are even playing anymore. That's how long it's been. Are we? Are we? Who among us is bragging about the 1985 World Series? nobody who's happy about the 1985 world series nobody flags fly forever guys flags fly forever so we should be excited because of the 1985 world series right right this is adalberto amandese erasure oh (laughs) he hasn't played all year so i think it's fair it's still he's still around like he hasn't he hasn't retired well, he hasn't, he, he, had, he hasn't retired, and he's not yeah, a free Johnny agent. Damon hasn't retired either. I'm just throwing that out there. Well, he's also not a free agent, though. Like, Montessi is still, like, in an organization he's, he's right now. He, he, he's about to be a free agent, though. Oh, oh, oh you mean Montessi's not a free agent. He will be. Yeah. 
No, I wonder. I wonder where Mondesi is going to go. Yeah, somebody's going to take a chance on him. How how surprised would you be if the Royals take a take a chance on him? Sign him to league minimum. No, it wouldn't. Uh, he's not getting a major league deal. There's not a chance he's getting a major league deal no. this offseason. I, I, I said the Royals. I said the Royals. So yes, he would get <laughs> no. a major league deal. He gets even, a minor league where would he deal play? with an option year somehow. Where would he play? I, I don't. He would sit on the bench or on the IL. Where, where, do, any of, where do any of the current Royals play? Oh, Bobby plays shortstop. <laughs> that, that's all I got. Yeah, every I, other position is You're not going to come at me with Cole Reagan's pitches because we don't know if Cole Reagan's pitches anymore. Oh, I wasn't even going to talk about the staff. Hey, actually, a current Royals topic that I could just bring up briefly. I'm going to write about this probably early on in the offseason. Is this the worst bullpen in franchise history? Because, dear God, this bullpen sucks. Like, it, it came to me last night. I was actually out with one of my friends having a couple beers, and they had the uh, second game of the doubleheader on. And Royals took that 9-0 to zero lead. I saw Massey hit that big homer. And I was like, okay, cool. This might be actually a kind of a comfortable little win. We don't get very many of those. And then slowly Jordan Lyles is himself. And then Taylor Clark comes in. And next thing we know, the game is tied at 9-9. to nine. And I'm like, we have nobody that can hold a lead out of a bullpen. Nobody. I, I'm looking forward to your research on that topic. Because I'm, I know that I'm the, the resident old person here. But I am old enough to remember... When the Royals traded for Roberto Hernandez at at the end of his career, he was a very good pitcher for a long time, so don't get me wrong. But at the end of his career, they traded for him because their bullpen was so bad. Uh, and it, it didn't really help. I don't know. Greg, I, I am looking forward to that article, though, because I think there's a very recency bias says that this is one of the worst, like the worst Royals bullpen in my memory at least i mean there's there's surely going to be a lot of contenders and i'll have to kind of decide exactly what stats i'm going to use to evaluate it but it's definitely a contender like it has to be up there with like the 0506 teams for sure it's probably top five i would think or bottom five depending on how you want to define that like you want to talk tonight yeah off the top of my head it's going to be like this year's 2018 and like 2005 2006 like around that time frame probably the top contenders I want to say it was 2001, 2002, somewhere there. They had a really awful bullpen, too. Really? They just had an amazing offense for a little bit with uh, Carlos Beltran, Mike Sweeney, Jermaine Dye, Johnny Damon. They could hit for a while say, in their uh, 2000s, but they could not pitch for anything. Amazing in what context. That was the steroid era, so everybody was hitting the hell out of the ball. Like, I'm pretty sure the Royals <laughs> have had an above average <laughs> offense once in my entire life. I, I'm. I'm telling you, well, I don't know how old you are, so maybe maybe you. <laughs> 1998 was my birth. Yeah, there were there were a few years in the early 2000s where they had an above average offense, but their pitching was so bad it did not matter. If you had to guess off the top of your head, what's been the best Royals offense measured by WRC plus in the last 25 years? In the last 25 years, 2015. 2015's I, offense is actually like not that good on the whole, right? Like, it was a pretty average offense, but they were just insanely good with runners in scoring position. Close out 2014. Now, the correct answer is actually 2011. That was when Alex Gordon, Jeff Francoeur, and Melky Cabrera was just, like, an incredible oh, yeah. outfield for some reason. Alex Gordon had, like, 53 doubles, there's, which is wild. There, there's some current Royals news for you. Melky Cabrera today confirmed <laughs> to have been on PEDs that year. Are any of us surprised? Busted for steroid, year, steroid use the next year. 
and he's been confirmed to he was taking them while he was a royal. That's wild. So, yeah, the 2011 season was the only season in my lifetime the Royals have had an above average WRC plus as a team, and that was 101. Still above average. <laughs> right after that, 2015 at 99, 2010 at 98, and then 2003 at 95. Woohoo! Mm. It's like they had good, they had good like surface level numbers, but it's just given the era and the context is like, eh, okay, not that, not that impressive. I got you. Speaking above average, someone who has been above average since making his MLB debut has to be Logan Porter, guys. He he started <laughs> since making his MLB debut. He says <laughs> he made his MLB debut last night, so it just wipes the slate. He's been above average for less than twenty four hours. If I type Porter into Fangraphs, his name doesn't even come up. That's what I, I looked him up on Fangraphs before this. I'm like, how much of his name do I have to type in? Like, and there's, they'll show me minor league guys. If he was a minor league guy, he popped up like that. But no, now that he's in the big leagues, they're like, who's that? I don't care. <laughs> but guys, 28 year old non top prospect, Logan Porter. Which on, uh, now I did hear. I haven't heard details of his story, but I have heard that he is a guy who has not been given a lot of chances in his life to be a pro baseball player. But every time he gets one, he takes advantage of it. My my understanding is he went undrafted. Yep, and did. we talked about how hard it is for guys, even in the later rounds of the draft, to make it to the big leagues. And he went undrafted, made it to the big leagues. And he has, uh, let me check the, my numbers here, uh, a 1,100 OPS. Uh, so go ahead and sign him to a long-term extension. Let's get this going. I think I think they already signed Tyler Cropley to like a multi-year extension down there in <laughs> Omaha. I think that's how that worked out. I was going to say, I'm happy that Logan Porter got the opportunity that Tyler Cropley didn't get. Can I? Can I just do a, a little like? Can I circle the bases on my yeah. whole? This is a this is a, a, a passport issue. Like yep. you called I, that. That's what I said. I said Cropley's here because he's got a passport, and other guys don't. Soon as they come back to the United States, Logan Porter comes up. Yep. Good for Tyler you're, Cropley you're having a passport. Do you guys have a passport? Yeah. I did. It's expired now. Oh, it doesn't do you much good passport? then. Yeah, no, I do. Hell yeah. I don't leave I my apartment, much less the country. <laughs> leave the country is where it's at. Are you kidding me? You don't want to stay here? If I stay yeah. inside my apartment, it's like I'm sheltered from, from all of the awful things around me. <laughs> then why do you let the royals in? Like, just, you, you can let anything That's, in. And you you need to disconnect your internet as well. Air question. <laughs> Just go completely dark. Disconnect your internet. If you have any TV services, you got to nix those. Can't have it. No then, outside influence. Then no one will hear my amazing analysis. Or you can you open your window and just yell. For your defense of the union. <laughs> what was that about a union? Oh, my defense, defense of the union. Yeah, I got I, I, some, some risks got to be taken, I guess, to, to try and do good in the world. That's true. By the way, everyone, that's our fourth unofficial guest, my wife. Is she our mascot? I feel like she's our mascot. (laughs) She is our mascot. Please don't hurt me! I'll take it! I love it! Listen. Personality. I'm just a giant baseball bat of a person. 
Wow. Jeremy, you know I mean? she can't anyway. hurt you if you don't leave your apartment. Exactly. <laughs> we are in neighboring states, though, believe it or not. Somehow. I, states I, are weird, man. Not states, close. States yeah, North Carolina is big. So is Virginia, man. Several several of our states are bigger than many multiple other countries. Like yeah. our country is just weird, man. It is. It really is. And I hey, Jacob, um, speaking of Rose, by the way, do you know if Logan Porter's mom listens to the podcast? If she does, <laughs> hello, Mrs. Porter. I hope you're enjoying this. Um, yeah. Just wondering because apparently she was really active in contacting certain like people on the staff asking about Logan Porter. I never got any messages from her, so I don't know. But apparently, like Max did, and Minda's wherever Preston is, and so I'm glad. I'm glad he did get a shot, and I'm glad his entire family and his mother and everybody to get to actually see him don a major league uniform. And now he gets healthcare for life. So we'd love to see it. And, and I, we've made some jokes. I certainly have made some jokes. At least maybe I shouldn't drag you two under the bus with me. Um, that would be a creepy horror movie. Just dragging people on it. Anyway, oh, um, again. I've making some jokes at Logan's expense, but I am very excited for him. I hope he has all kinds of success you know, we've seen, we saw with Freddie Fermin that a 28-year-old rookie catcher can uh, can actually contribute to this team. So, hey, if Logan Porter wants to keep hitting like he's hitting, I'm all for keeping him around. And he, Listen, he really he did nothing but hit in the minors either, so I just assume he can't really catch is the only reason why he hasn't gotten a shot yet. I don't really uh, know. I haven't seen him play. He was he was struggling this year. And, like, he's <laughs> not a defensive savant at any position which is frustrating he he plays he catches and he plays first base competently like that's that's about it I you feel like get him in the lineup for the bat go for the, it the royals are definitely taking my stance on fielding doesn't matter maybe a little bit too far <laughs> are you saying it's not good to build a lineup full of dhs when the guys really can't hit yeah, I, that that's the thing is like you can have a bunch of DHs in the field, but but they have to actually be really good hitters. If, yeah, if yeah. they're not, then it's very painful. Yeah, it works if you're the Phillies and you have like Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos and Bryce Harper with an injured elbow and Reese Hoskins and everybody. That works because they're all good hitters. But if you just have a bunch of guys that can't field or hit, then that's just a bad baseball team. <laughs> <laughs> We like that. Here's like here's that. a news flash, everybody. The Royals are a bad baseball team. I bet no you way. haven't figured that out yet. What sabermetric told you that? <laughs> Actually, looked at my, losses, baby. I looked at my most favorite stat. That's pitcher wins, and the Royals aren't really faring so well at those. Oh my gosh! You know, do they have a pitcher's loss? Team pitcher wins does tell you something because it tells you how many wins the team has. That's true. Listen, guys, can we just talk about Logan Porter to make his mom happy? Okay, because I was one of my first I was writing for Casey Kingdom, like a barely known website on fan side. And I wrote a paragraph about Logan Porter and just I got a message from her on Twitter. <laughs> like, I got to write more about Logan Porter. I, I, I say this. I love fan interaction. I love interaction with people in general. Like, come on, talk to me, people. Yeah, that's Minda and Preston's lane. I don't write about the minor leagues. I only write about college players and then the majors. Nothing in between. 
<laughs> so so once once those college players go drafted, they are they're, they're yeah, dead they, to you. They huh? exit my mind until they make their debut. We love it. We love it. Listen, guys, can we can we give Logan Porter at least a round of applause for for his he had two hits, two RBIs, and four plate appearances, if I recall recall correctly. Hey, he's got and an HBP. Hit my he had a better debut than I would have had. That is for sure. Hey, three three balls in play, three hard hit balls. Check out these exit velos. 101 flat, 101.8, and 99 flat. Not half bad. Hey. I hey. will I, I'll take that every day of the week and twice. One hundredth percentile hard hit rate. Give me the Billy Bean gift <laughs> because it gets on base. We like it. We love it. Yeah, no. Li- listen, like that's the that's the only good Royals news this week. The the freaking they barely split with the Chicago White Sox, who are absolutely like inept, despite spending money on the team. Paid. I'm sorry, Pedro. I, we might have dodged a bullet with Pedro Grafal because the White Sox aren't doing anything despite having all that talent. I'm not sure that's Pedro Grafal's problem because they were not doing helping. anything with all that talent before he showed up. They're they're doing worse with them. They also have a worse team now than they did even last year when they were also bad. Like I agree with Jeremy. Like these were issues that were there for a long time. Like this predates Griffol, and it'd be a tall order to expect him to come in and fix everything. Now, now one thing that stood out to me, just a brief tangent on the whole. Do you guys remember like around the trade deadline, Keenan Middleton that got traded to the Yankees? It was coming out and saying how like terrible the White Sox clubhouse culture was. Yeah, and then yeah. afterwards. Like after he came out and said that, Lance Lynn, since traded the Dodgers, also spoke up and was like, "Oh yeah, it was pretty bad when I was there." It's like Lance Lynn, you were one of the clubhouse leaders. Like you're supposed to be setting the culture, and now you're gonna <laughs> say it's bad. Like that's your fault, man. That's true. That's true. How? But hey, how, how much responsibility are compared to the manager? How much? How much responsibility is the clubhouse culture? I feel like it's more of the players. Like, I don't know. I think like the, the think senior, so? the senior players, like the long, the kind of the leaders among the players, I feel like the players are generally going to gravitate more towards and try to kind of follow their energy more so than the manager. Because like right. Ned Yost didn't really have like big manager vibes energy. It was James Shields that made that clubhouse what it was in the glory years. What Ned Yost did was, was, you know, let, the leaders lead and and you know he he worked with the players to kind of create that culture and i think managers are important for culture i don't think this is again necessarily grafol's fault because a the clubhouse was a problem in chicago before grafol took over you'll you'll remember uh chris sale cutting up his uniform uh (laughs) you'll remember uh what's his face (laughs) having his kid in the clubhouse all the time laroche let's go Adam LaRoche and Drake LaRoche and they were and the whole drama that came out of that. And um, like the clubhouse has been a problem in Chicago for a long time. So I get the distinct impression that Grafol had no support from the people above him. Uh, now he's got an extremely gritty uh, GM and president of baseball <laughs> operations there. Uh, so hopefully he'll, he'll get some support and some things will improve. If he does actually Ooh. bring in Dayton Moore from Texas, they'll get a turn out of no time. Oh, I thought that that had already been confirmed. Uh, I don't yeah. think so. I, that, I think it was just like a Bob Knight and Gil report. I don't think 
they'll, I think they'll Dave start Morris watching. Texas. They'll start inviting questionable uh, organizations to come in and teach them about how to be men, <laughs> and everything will get better. Hey, what was what was everyone's problem with Chris Getz? Guys, he was not or, very good. He he was just not good, <laughs> and he kept playing. Yeah. No, I'm I'm not talking about a player. Like there was there were folks speaking up, and I can't remember what it was about, but like something that he did as an executive. I, that rubbed ever that rubbed a whole bunch of people the wrong way. Right. The only thing I can think of is I want to say I saw a photo of him on a yacht with his hand on a woman's thigh. Um, right. which I don't find that offensive, but maybe Not some either. people do. Maybe um, I know it was shared across social media as soon as it was announced, like before he'd actually taken the role. Um, but as soon as it was going around social media that he was the guy to be the next GM, that photo was going around like, yeah, look at this. This is your new GM. Oh, like, all right. Okay. All right. I remember I found out what it was. It was the oh, Omar Vizquel stuff. You guys remember that? Vizquel. Uh, did, yeah. Uh, domestic Vizquel, abuse stuff. Also being yeah. a child molester. But... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So while. What did Chris Getz have to do with that? So he was overseeing the White Sox farm system. And Vizquel was the um, the manager of the Double A Birmingham Barons. Does that does that ring any bells? No. Yeah. I I, I didn't know that Vizquel had ever been in the White Sox organization. This is that part's new to me. Yeah, it said the organization was sued two years ago, along with former minor league manager Omar Vizquel and the double-A Birmingham Barons by an autistic bat boy who alleged Vizquel sexually assaulted him in 2019. Oh, boy. So, the organization getting sued, yeah, that does imply that people knew some stuff and were doing some cover-ups and whatnot. Yeah, so that's that's probably what folks were all up in arms about. Listen, I've... I've I don't know. I don't know enough about that to have an opinion about that, other than it's been settled out of court. Um, I'm curious to see how they do with him. At least, like, just change the tone in that organization because it's been crap for years. I know that I am testing uh, the ghost of Buddy Bell, um, but it's hard to think it could get worse. <laughs> Greg, can it get worse? You really are testing. Oh, it absolutely can get worse. Okay? They're not going to lose 100 games this year, so at least they have that. The main complaint that I had heard about the White Sox choosing to promote Chris Getz is that based on what we've seen, the organization was basically broken from the top down. Like It wasn't just like, oh, this is an issue and this is an issue. No, it's everything is toxic and we need to change that. And so they get rid of Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn and promote from within. It's like, okay, are you really making a change then? If you're just promoting from within, is that actually We've changing really anything? I've heard that before. Yeah, don't that know. the whole organization is a problem. Who would do that? But then you promote from within and you don't uh, fire anyone except for the top guy. That seems Hey, really they fired Cal Eldridge. <laughs> so strange. And Mike Matheny. Um, also, Buddy Bell is still alive. I was really counting on one of you to like point that out so that I could be like, yeah, I know that's the joke and not look like an idiot. But um, now I, I have to do it go, myself. Yeah. <laughs> now you look like an idiot. Congratulations, Jeremy. <laughs> it's more fun that way. Speaking of Mike Matheny, professional pickleball player now. Did y'all see that? Woo. Oh, well, good job, Mike. Him, I, guess. I don't. All right. 
pickleball. It's like the PBX or something like that, isn't it, Greg? It's yeah, something like that. It's good that everybody that is signing up for it, I guess, is like already retired from playing a different sport. I don't get it. I don't understand. Like, listen, I know, I know, pickleball is one of the fastest growing sports. Apparently, I've never seen anyone play it. I see people play. I still don't even know what it baseball. is. How fastly growing can it be when I don't even know what it is? It's pretty fast growing. I mean, I know that firsthand because Overland Park, Kansas, is the most pickleball obsessed city in the United States, based on that an article. That actually I read tells me ago. a lot about pickleball. Yeah, specifically without Overland Park, Kansas, and pickleball. Lot. Yes. <laughs> but hey, how how bad can pick can the PBX go when you have guys like Kevin Euclid? And Josh Beckett leading the leading the charge as your ambassadors. Jeremy, why do you why yeah. why do you look like you're about to tell a scary ghost story? Because I'm trying to get some light up in here, and my <laughs> light fell. <laughs> Once upon a time, Buddy Bell. We're talking about ghosts of we're, we're, Buddy we're, Bell. At some point, we're going to talk about the Royals again. Yeah. And if there's not a scarier story in baseball, I don't know what it is. Well, I still have Logan Porter's uh, Statcast page pulled up, and I have the game log, and he obviously only has the five plate appearances to look at. I'm looking at it, I'm just like, wow, the White Sox pitching staff now is just a who's who of former pro- top prospects from other teams. It's like Logan Porter faced Tuki Toussaint, Luis Patino, and Davey Garcia. All in a row, I'm just like, wow! All those guys have fallen off so much since they were top prospects. So it's amazing how quickly baseball can chew people up and spit them out. Oh yeah, which is crazy to me. Plus, I got to plug real fast: Javier Vaz or Javier Vaz, excuse me, um, a quickly rising Royals prospect. I got the opportunity to interview him this afternoon, and he had some good some good words on like the mental preparation side of baseball and how he, he said tedious tedious was the word that he used to describe baseball during the season sometimes and how he described his day. I I can believe that. Did you ask him what it was like to play in the 2021 college world series? No, I did not Greg, because unlike you, I don't put a whole lot of stock into players, college experiences. If, um, if we cared about players, college experiences more, Maybe Jackson Kowar would be better. Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not about the numbers. It's about the vibes. And um, Brady Singer in the in the rain vibes as well. Don't you? Don't you worry about that. <laughs> is there a okay? Is there a a storyline, an attitude, a whatever that is more overplayed than Brady Singer with a rain delay? That one like, time five years ago. He, got, he yeah. got so mad about a rain delay, which is just like, dude, chill out. <laughs> and everyone's like, it's so cool. Oh, every time it rains, I got to talk about Brady Singer in the rain. And I'm just like, guys, this is, I mean, this is, this is a lot. Look, it was warranted because that was in a super regional game and he was trying to pitch Florida into Omaha. And the fact that he was having to come out means, damn it, I'm not going to get to pitch the rest of this game or the rest of the super regional now. And so I don't think wow. Florida fits inside Omaha. I could be wrong. <laughs> Good one. But I don't. Nebraska's pretty big. Have, have you been there? Actually, I do think Florida I've, would fit I've inside Nebraska. Yeah. I, I think it would. It's it's flat enough. It's got enough surface area that Nebraska's I think is definitely bigger than Florida. Yeah. I feel, Get on the math. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. You can fit the entire University of Florida in Omaha. Do not tell me that you can't. Gainesville is not that big. 
uh, well, the University of Florida, I guess, but the state is what I thought. I thought that was implied when I said that Brady Singer was pitching. He never pitched for a freaking yeah, But you state. just said Florida, and I just was like, Florida's a state. I don't We're know. Too, Jeremy, can we, let's get back on topic. To the you show. both are assuming. You both are assuming. And what happens when you assume? <laughs> Our mascot is calling us a shit show, guys. This is what happens when I come on. I gotta tell you. There's just nothing good to talk about with this team. It's so the the off season can't come soon enough, guys. We just need to move on. You know, you say that now, but I'm old enough again to remember last off season and how the Royals did nothing all off season, and we were dying for the season to start. Yeah, what are you gonna talk about in the off season? You think there's gonna be more? Yeah, I mean, we're, every we're gonna, every week it's going to be a new Brady Singer trade rumor. That's all we're going to have. Well, we'll throw in he Salvi. Will, he will not be traded. Throw in Salvi rumors. Speaking we'll of Brady talk, Singer, we'll talk about Carlos Fernandez. Well, yeah, speaking of Brady Singer, his velo was down yesterday, and he's just not been very good in general this year. Like, should we be really yeah. concerned about him? Like, everybody's still yeah, saying, "Oh, we should trade down. Brady. We should trade Brady Singer in the offseason. How much are you realistically going to get for him at this point? Well, there okay, was another. So Go for it. When I said we should trade Brady Singer, this this whole light thing is not working for me. Um, when I said trade Brady Singer, he'd been on a, a hot stretch. Um, now he's you know he's missed a start with a tired arm, and I think he's got two starts now with lowered velocity. And so, yeah, trading him now does not seem plausible or like a like it's gonna work. But uh, you know, in in the dreams of Royals fans, uh, it it did seem good a month ago. Yeah, we're we're holding on too much to those trade rumors that were from the end of July, where you know, team what I think it was just the Cincinnati Reds were the only confirmed team that was in on Singer, and it's not like we're going to get a great return for him anyways. They just need to shut him down this year because. Of all these, the velos dropping, the control is just not there right now. Something is yeah. structurally wrong with his arm, and they need to figure it out. I don't know if you guys saw any of the game yesterday. I watched the first couple innings of the first game, uh, and Singer's fastballs were not only down in velocity, they were right down the middle yeah. repeatedly, um, which is, that's that's not going to work. Is it not? No. Turns out, if you throw... A fastball right down the middle, major league hitters will crush it repeatedly. Wow. That's wild. Greg, is that is that true in your analysis? Yeah, generally speaking. You know, for a pitchability guy coming out of college, his command really hasn't been all that impressive throughout his major league career. And that's like the pitchability made up for the fact that his stuff really wasn't that good at any point. Like it was good enough, but not that great, especially considering he was a two-pitch guy. And so it's not really that surprising since the Royals didn't do like any development of him at all in the Miters, apparently. Like he debuted in 2020. I was like, he's the exact same as he was in Florida. Nothing was changed at all. Like, he hadn't improved in any meaningful way. I think that was what the Royals were hoping for. <laughs> because when the Royals develop, guys, they get worse. Somehow. Just look at Ace Lacey. Oh, when the Royals develop Ace to Lacey, his body just breaks. <laughs> and uh, he's not the first one, though. What about... Um, he's Kyle Zimmer, part two. 
Kyle Zimmer. That, I was going to say Kyle Snyder, and I'm like, that's not right. Yeah, no, Zimmer, he's a pitching what, coach. Foster Griffin? Anyone remember? Ash Russell. Guy? Yeah. Ash hey, Russell is always – I I would love to know, like, the whole story on Ash Russell because didn't he step away for mental health reasons? I thought it was because of injuries, but maybe it was. Uh, he stepped away for mental health reasons. I don't remember if he came back and got hurt or not. I think that I think that's how that went, uh, but I don't don't quote me on it. You all remember AJ Puckett? Oh man, I forgot that name. They, they they traded him for Melky Cabrera. Yeah, and we were all like, oh no, he's our best pitching prospect, and Melky's done. And then turns out Melky was done, but also. AJ wasn't good. Well, hey, now, AJ Puckett was really good in this both both of his seasons in the Royals organization. So maybe it was somebody else that actually screwed up his development. Maybe he could have been an ace in the system. Maybe so. Maybe. You'll, you'll pardon me if I don't hold my breath. Do we do we ever think like there's so many stories that we don't know about surrounding the Kansas City Royals just because they're not in like a media hotbed? Like I feel I, like I feel like if the Ash Russell stuff went down with the Yankees or something, that would have been like a whole half season storyline with the Yankees. We would get like series upon series of articles about it. Meanwhile, Ash Russell in Kansas City was just like a little blip. I guarantee that uh, every organization has a whole bunch of stories you never hear about. Well, true, um, but you might be onto something there because um, uh, we, as we've talked about before, you know, like. As I mentioned, Joey Gallo is my guy that I like to talk about. He was yeah. fine. He went to New York and just they put him under a microscope in the sun and were just like set him on fire. And he went to Minnesota and he's playing about as well in Minnesota as he did in New York. But uh, nobody's screaming about him. So he's having a much better time. That's true. Greg? Yeah, nothing about the Yankees seems like a pleasant experience. Like, being a part of that organization in any capacity at all just seems super not fun. And I would not personally choose to do it. But the money, though. Sure. But the dollar bills. If they'll pay you, if they'll pay you, which they haven't really been doing for the past, like, decade the way they used to. That's true. We'll take less money to play somewhere else where I can keep my beard. Or I'll take just that money and go play for the Dodgers. <laughs> They'll play for a team that's actually good and really good at player dev and is not the Yankees. That's true. Actually good, he says. I mean, the Yankees <laughs> suck this year. They're going to finish last of the they division. Do. They really do. They're pretty I, – I wouldn't go as far to say as they're bad. They are at, no, they are actively bad. All right. I like to hear it. Look at their roster hey, right now and tell me that's a good baseball team. That's I fun. can't do that. But one thing I can tell you is that I am super I'm super amused about the Anthony Volpe stuff, right? So Anthony Volpe is their their rookie shortstop and he's got a 2.0 war, F war. He's not awful. Yeah. Um he's playing good defense. He does have an 88 WRC plus, which isn't great, but he's also got a 2020 season going. 20 home runs, 23 stolen bases. And I bring this up not because I'm like, oh, the Yankees should be talking about how good Anthony Volpe is. 88 WRC plus doesn't suggest that. But in New York, when Anthony Volpe has a 2020 season, they're like, ah, this is not good enough. You need to be better. And in Kansas City, when Bobby Witt has a 2020 season, they're like, he's our superstar. Sign him to an extension already. 
That's true. Well, because everyone was, the expectations for Volpe were crazy. Crazy And high. the ones for Wit weren't? Well, we were, ta- we were talking about media markets, weren't we? Yeah. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Royals fans just wanted him to be good. Like, because Wit, it's kind of I don't, rare. That I don't think they want good. him to just be good. No. All right. I think they're going to, I think if he re- reverts <laughs> next season to what he's been, what he was last year, then they will not be happy. You're right. Then, then what's the term I'm looking for? They at least wanted him to live up to his draft slots expectations. That was, he's a, he's a top player. I, I, I still disagree. I think that the Royals fans are like, no, he needs to be a superstar. And he needs to do it now. And the Royals media was like, he's a 2020 guy. What do you want? He's 2020. Everything's good. I think that's where the difference is. Okay. Is in Greg, the media, not in the fans. Greg, Though, Greg, and in the, you might think that there's a difference in the fans because mm-hmm. more New York fans show up to their stadium to boo guys. Our fans just stay home. We don't give them the money. We don't have public transit to get to the ballpark. Well, that uh, and that's where that comes in is Kansas City's a much smaller city, doesn't have the public transport, so it's harder to get to the game. Also, the Royals have like one and a half beat writers. Like, no disrespect to Jalen Thompson, but if your stuff is behind a paywall, then you don't fully count as being a beat writer that everybody can actually read. That's fair. Do we, um, I, I want to get your guys' thoughts. Do we think that Annie Rogers is staying with the team long term? She's been taking a lot of time away from the team. Yeah, y'all know. Good that? for her. I I, I would have, need to as well. I understand. I I have no opinion here. Okay. I have I have no idea what she's doing. I hope she does because I love her writing. But I if she moved well. on, I wouldn't blame her. I don't blame Joe Posnanski or or Sam Mellinger or uh, or Bellinger. However you say his name, I always forget. I'm always like I know this and then I screw it up. Uh, Andy McCullough. Or uh, the guy who came after McCullough, whose name I've suddenly forgotten. Dodd. Dodd. Rustin Dodd. Yeah. Like, those guys, everybody, it's the nature of the beast. You move on. Uh, The star is, uh, as far as I can tell, well, she doesn't write for the star, but the star is dying. So that makes things harder to keep beat writers around, too. I was so surprised. So after the, um, like, there was some newspaper raid in Marion, Kansas, that was making headlines back oh, there. Oh, gosh. Hell yeah. yeah. And, like, the the star came out with all their responses to, like, how important local, local press is and things like that. And the star said that they had 70 journalists on the, on the payroll. And I'm just like, then, then what are you, what are you doing? Like, that's a, that's a massive operation. And I get zero value out of the Kansas City star. It's, it's kind of, it's very disappointing. If, if you want local press to be important, then make yourself important. Jeremy, I know uh, Sam Eleanor and you are really close friends to communicate often. Uh, do you think he listens to the podcast? Like, Is, is he going to be able to respond to this? I I have no idea. I'm, I, you know, we had him on as a guest once. We did. So I, I know he's aware of the podcast, but I, I would imagine he's too busy to listen to us on a regular basis. Guys, do you remember what I said about 45 minutes ago about just letting this bus slowly drift off? I don't remember what you <laughs> said five minutes ago. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what, what is podcast? Like? <laughs> what it must be like to be a listener. 
<laughs> I, if anybody is still listening right now, I want them follow me and, and, and tweet me on X or post at me, whatever you do now on X Twitter and, and tell me and, and I will give you a, a shout out or something in the, I tell you what, here's what I'll do. Tweet at me and give me a word, a random word, not an offensive word. Keep it PG people. Um, and the first, the first three people who give me any non-offensive word and, and tag me and the podcast Royal rundown pod. I will work that word into my recap on Sunday. All right. If you're still listening right now, that, that way I'll know if anyone's actually still listening. Cause I, I don't think I would be. <laughs> Greg, I would, Greg, I called dibs on quesadilla just so, just so you can't. You guys, you guys are, ex- no, are, no, yeah. one, no employees, no family of employees. Wait. Uh, well, that's not going on the TikTok. <laughs> that should though. No, it should. That's good content. <laughs> wow. Wow, guys. 45 minutes. I think we've talked about the Royals for about three. Do you want to talk about Nelson you, Velasquez? I mean, he plays for the Royals. Let's talk about Nelson Velasquez. That's actually, if I could word, that's an interesting topic. Yeah, it is. Greg, I want to, so you, you put out a very good article this week on RoyalsReview.com. I want to I hear your thoughts. Did you decide, is he a future piece or a flash in the pan? Uh, no, one comment here, I think it was uh, Loyal 2's dad, was like, wow, this poll at the end here is really stupid because it leaves no room for a nuance because he's probably somewhere in between. He's probably right. Like He probably is more like a future bench player. That's kind of how I see him. But for what it's worth, I didn't put that poll in there. I don't know who did, but I did not have a poll when I wrote that article. I just had an end, and that, that was it. So whoever added that poll, yeah, way to leave room for Way to leave any room for nuance. (laughs) Social media is not for nuance. If you're looking for nuance on social media, you are barking up the wrong tree. Does Rolls Review count as social media? Yeah. This comment section it does. I mean, it's it's considered a blog. What's what's a blog if it isn't social media? I don't know. I mean, that's not really the purpose of it. But anyway, uh, Nelson Velasquez, he has 27 games for the Royals. Nine home runs in those games, as well as a 293 OBP. So he is very much one of those. Uh, he'll hit home runs and not really give you a whole lot else offensively. So, see, I had two comps in that article. Joey Gallo was one of them. He's not Joey Gallo because nobody is Joey Gallo oh. except for Joey Gallo. Like he is such a unique player. Like nobody can really a lot, a lot of players. Like I could be like, oh, okay. They strike out a lot, but they hit a lot of home runs. Oh, Joey Gallo. But it's like, well, no, because Joey Gallo hits the ball harder than almost anybody and draws a ton of walks. His issue is just he has a ton of holes in in his swing, and so he misses a ton in the zone. He's not a comp for anybody. Joey Gallo is fully his own guy. The comp that I like better for Velasquez is Adam Duvall, who's also a guy that runs like a 290 OBP, might hit 30 homers at his peak and give you like two and a half war. That's probably what Velasquez is. I got to tell you, two and a half war – from a Royals outfielder, sounds pretty good. Yeah, I gotta tell you, Adam Duvall for Jose Quas sounds pretty good. And here's the thing I keep saying about Nelson Velasquez. Velasquez, now you got me doing it, Jacob. Yeah, Jacob, I'm gonna start correcting you every time you pronounce a name wrong. You've only done it once tonight, but 
Please when do. you tried, I, when you tr- when I heard you attempt to say Herman Marquez, I was baffled. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, what?" Herman Marquez. I'm like, cannot be right, but okay. <laughs> yeah. So every time I bet against Nelson Nelly, as uh, Rex likes to call him, whoa, Nelly. Uh, so really, his nickname needs to be the Loch Ness Monster. Right? Rex would call him, Rex Rex would call him that. He would. Um, but every time I'm like, he can't keep doing this. He can't keep hitting home runs like this. He hits another one. So I am not going to sit here and bet against Nelson Velasquez. Not going to do it. Well, like the, the, so, the hard hit rate is good. Ball, let's go. Like the hard hit rate is good, but the barrel rate isn't really stands out because it's legitimately elite barrel rates. Like both on a per plate appearance basis and a per batted ball event basis. It's and like only Aaron Judge is better. Right? You wrote in the article that barrel rate is a sticky stat, right? So it's it's one that when you have a good barrel rate, you can be expected to keep a good barrel rate. Generally speaking, yeah. I linked to a Fangraphs article with that also that kind of broke it down both from a pitcher's end and a hitter's end. And from a batter's end, like year to year, barrel rate does tend to be pretty sticky. It doesn't usually deviate that much. We're obviously still in small sample size territory when it comes to this year. But even last year... He played quite a bit with the Cubs. He had won 120 batted ball events last year for the Cubs, so much bigger sample size. And even though he didn't really hit that well, he was still running really impressive barrel rates on the way. And so I didn't think like he's going to be able to run good barrel rates. His issue is just always going to be not making enough contact and just probably swinging at too many pitches that he shouldn't. And so he's going to have some years where he's not going to play very much. He's going to not hit well. He's going to have like an 80 WRC plus a 30% strikeout rate. And be like a bench guy, but he's also going to have years where he's like a legit power bat. He can start in a playoff game. So like he, he yeah. he's probably going to be inconsistent year to year because of the approach. Because guys with his type of approach tend to be pretty inconsistent year to year. But with just like the quality of contact that he makes when he does make contact, he's going to have some really strong years. I think. Yeah, and I'm not asking him to be Julio Rodriguez. Adam Duvall, like I said, sounds like a really good outcome. I will take that. Yeah, I, let, let's do it. If that's if that's the outcome, I if you said, listen, you can have Nelson Velasquez. He could be anything from from uh, Andy Rodriguez to Julio Rodriguez. And, and, and you can have that or you can have Adam Duvall. I'd say, give me Adam Duvall. Let's go. And I understand a lot of fans have been bemoaning like the sort of tactics the Royals employ for like who they target in trades over the past however many years. I get it. And it seems like they've had a tendency way too much to be like, we need major league ready players. But this is a situation where it's like you have a guy with four plus years of team control left. He's only 24 years old. There's legitimate upside. And or giving up for him is an unremarkable minute reliever. Like, is anybody going to really look back and be like, yeah. man, I wish we still had Jose Quas? 30-year-old unremarkable middle reliever. Yeah, contributing to the worst bullpen in franchise history. Yeah, yeah, I that that was a trade where you get anything for Jose Quas and I you've succeeded. Yeah, I didn't think they and would. Getting getting Nelson Velasquez, even if he doesn't ever play again, he's already been a win for the Royals with the Warriors put up this year. Now I'm curious how Jose Quas has been doing for the Cubs. Last I checked, also, he had like a one ERA Jones. with like a four fifth. Jesus. What are they doing? It's Jason there, like, Fraser. <laughs> My guy, Jason Fraser, that can't throw to first base very well. 
I just remember in 2015, they cut Jason Fraser when he had like a one point something. All right. I'm like, what are they doing? (laughs) (laughs) They had to make room for Francisco Morales or whoever. Franklin. Yeah. He, and they had one of the, okay. So the corollary to your worst bullpen of all time is, have you looked at that 2015 bullpen? It was unreal. There were no bad relievers in that bullpen. None. All were nails. Until watching Ryan Madsen serve up dingers to Colby Rasmus in the division series, and I was panicking. Well, yeah, he 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 got tired by the end of the year. I forgot about Madsen. That's a name I, I haven't heard in a while. I actually refer to those years as the Joe Blanton era of Royals baseball. That's how uh, I think Joe Blanton. Man, I was so <laughs> excited about Joe Blanton. He was so good for like three outings, and then they're like, "Yeah, go play for the Pirates. We don't need you anymore." That's how good that. That's how good that bullpen was. Was they had good relievers, they, or guys who had good results, like Blanton, like uh, the guy I was just talking about, Jason Fraser, Francisco Bueno. <laughs> yeah and they were just like ah, cut him cut him train him we don't need these guys and it's like oh yeah because the bullpen is amazing and it wasn't just hdh it was franklin morales luke hochaver ryan madsen it was all these guys and a related note of both the 2015 roles and tyler Cropley. does anybody remember like the the worst ever one game major league career in roles history of dusty coleman in 2015 Oh no, I've no, had forgotten no. about he Dusty made, Coleman. He made one major league appearance and it was a pinch running appearance on third base, like either like in extra innings, I think. And he got tagged out at home, like trying to go on a sack fly, but then stopping and trying to go back and just getting hung up in between. Never saw the majors wow. again after that. So we I remember Aaron out. Brooks getting a spot start. <laughs> He's actually Aaron Brooks has played since then though. Yeah, he has. He's actually had a decent career somehow, despite not being good. <laughs> despite that one amazing start in 2014. Greg, what, what what is up with your game thread intro? I need to know. What do you, what do you mean? For the final time this year, the Pale Hose <laughs> will take on the Royales with cheese in Chicago this evening. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the Pale Hose? No, <laughs> oh, that's a that's a frequent Royals Review nickname. What are you doing? Yeah, that's the white. That's the white socks. Royals Review. Hose, hose, H O Z E is uh is a the, 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 a synonym for socks. That oh. didn't even originate in Royals Review. I don't think either. I thought it came from somewhere else. Probably not. No, but sometimes Royals Review does call them the H O E S hose, well, yeah. uh, which is just a different thing. Okay. I need to I need to start writing for Royals review a little bit more, at least. Now I have I, I only just, have a few I only have a few bits that I use in my writing. As one of them is alliterative uh, game recap titles, and the other one uh, is yeah. introducing the teams with not the team names in the game thread. Which like I don't know how often people actually read the thing that's in the game thread. So I just kind of write whatever I want there. Yeah, I've I've written some controversial stuff in the game thread just to see. <laughs> Uh, and, and I don't, I don't get, no one ever says anything except for when I was like, I'm protesting the team. So oh, I'm yeah. not covering the Royals. I'm like, what are you doing? This is the end of the world. I'm like, oh, I just ignored everything I ever wrote about the Royals anyway. What are you, you're just going to talk about this game? What are you doing? Somebody commented on one of my, uh, recap headlines once and they're like, can you just tell us the outcome of the game? And I said, no. 
<laughs> <laughs> Listen, okay, I'm I'm gonna rant right now because the recap oh, thing God. has been driving me nuts. Okay? Listen, if you want to know there's ex- all the exact facts of the game, go to the Royals website. They have this button you can click called Game Day that will literally tell you every pitch, every play that happened in the game. You don't need us to write that for you. It's already been done. So we're here to A, entertain, and B, give you, I try to give you some vibes of, of what happened on the field more than like the, the specific place. So you don't need that from me. So I'm going to give you like, how did it feel out there, right? Um, I, I think a lot of other people do uh, do that stuff too, but really we're just, we're trying to entertain you. We're trying to give you a place where you can talk about the team because that's that's what it's there for is it's not really there for us to give you a real like super professional recap. It's there for you to be able to talk about the team and to write your comments. Um, sometimes you'll get a super professional recap. Sometimes we'll peace out after the second inning when the team is down 15, nothing. It's, it, it, it's really, it's up in the air. It's it kind of depends on what the team is doing. And, and y'all need to just, if you need to know that Salvador Perez had two opposite field singles in a game, ML the the MLB uh game day will tell you that you don't need you don't need me. Or you can just go look at the spray chart on baseball savant. Like that's sure. Like there's there's a million box score websites out there that will tell you every single thing. Fangraphs has a great one where they just go through and they'll tell you all the like the win probability added or subtracted for each play for each pitch. Like you you do not need me. I cannot tell you anything that isn't already in one of those places. So if you, if you're coming to me for that, you're, it's like going to McDonald's and looking for a piece of cheesecake. It's not, it's not there. Wait, they don't serve cheesecake. If you want cheesecake, go somewhere else. Oh, damn it. <laughs> what Greg? I just door dashed some McDonald's cheesecake. I, I, I don't know what app I'm using. That it must not be the real app. <laughs> I keep downloading my apps from sketchy backdoor websites. Maybe I should stop doing that. <laughs> Get off the dark web, Greg. No, I live in the dark web. How do you think I watch any sport? The dark web will eat your soul. (laughs) You think I watch any sport, like, paying for it? That's not, okay. That's not not the dark web. Now I have to rant about the dark web, No, I qualify. No, we don't need to rant about the dark web. I did not bring up the dark web. That's not the dark web. Hold on. I didn't bring that up. You did. Wait. Wait. If you're a normal person and Wait. you're accessing that website, it's not the dark web. Hold on. Mascot is speaking. Speak, mascot. It has taken you are at an hour and ten minutes and you have not even done your reviews. Cut off. <laughs> Did we hear that? We're at fifty-eight minutes and fifty-one <laughs> seconds. You know what? It's after eight PM. It's time she gets to cranky. Cut it off. It's only she seven o'clock. Cranky. Oh wait. You gotta feed your mascot, Jacob. He did. Taco Bell, my man. Gotta love it. All right, I, guys. Listen, we we shouldn't even do reviews tonight. We just need to get out of here. This no one's no one's still listening. No, no, I don't it's think anyone is. I was I was so proud of our last episode because I was like, okay, so the average we, listen time was fifty eight minutes. That's pretty good for a podcast. I like that. Now, if folks are listening at the 58-minute mark, they deserve an award and a monetary payment. No, it's going to be like 12. I really, really hope this is not anyone's first podcast, first experience of our podcast. We had some real bangers. 
the last few weeks. This is this is not it. Yeah, we call that the Greg Walker effect. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. It's those sunglasses. They've hypnotized me. <laughs> I thought you had the Southern Miss hat on for a reason. I thought we were going to talk about Dustin Dickerson. I mean, we could talk about room. Dustin Dickerson. No, no, remember? Because you see what he did in Super Regionals? You see what he did in Super Regionals? No, 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 no. He was the MVP of the Auburn Regional. <laughs> All right, everyone out there, we're, we're going to get out of here. I'm, I'm cutting these guys off. We're done. It's over. Go follow us on Twitter, you, you fools. Follow us on TikTok, too, please. Pity the fool. I do. I, I do pity these fools. Thank you so much for listening. Greg, you're never invited. Darn it. <laughs> Kidding. Can't cut me off. I can continue drinking. <laughs> All right. Well, while Greg continues drinking and, and watching the Royals, thank you everyone for listening. And until next time, go Royals. <laughs>